Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Alyssa and I are here on this Friday, embracing the beautiful weather while also wanting to just go to bed because it's been a long week. It has been a week. I don't like this week. This week's been a struggle and for a few different reasons. I mean, I think we're all just, I mean, I know you're, you've been sick, but I've just been feeling blah. And then as with all levels of consultancy, when we're dealing with feast or famine, it's like you, you, you are low on the the client roster for a bit. And then suddenly it's like feast and you have like three onboarding or three clients to onboard in a week and everyone wants meetings. And it's just like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) You're just like, what is this week? That's been my week. So yes, it's positive, but holy hell, I am just feeling like I am, I am flailing. This week was a, a week of just feeling completely out of my depth and flailing. That's so funny. That that's such a perfect lead into today's episode as well. Um, but before we we dive in, um, Alyssa mentioned she had a bit of a rant. <laughs> yes, lady rant today. I don't think I've had a rant in a while. That's probably untrue. I probably have ranted every episode, but my rant, my lady rant this week is about the cost of, I guess, doing business as a as a small business, as a consultant, and the outrageous amount of software and programs and this, that, and the other that we're expected to have to do our jobs in 2022. And it's just becoming... Well, it's not even becoming. It has been and continues to be unsustainable. And especially when you have clients who use specific um, software, whether it's Slack or Asana or multitude of different project management software, and they want you, of course, on it because that's what they use and blah, blah, blah. But in order to get access to the things that that they are using, you have to have a premium account. And then it's, is that my, is that, should be the, should the expectation of that be my cost or should they pay for that? I mean, I just think we are all, all just drowning in fees, software fees and licensing fees and this, that, the other. It's like none of this is sustainable. And yet every time, whether it's Adobe or Squarespace or any of these entities, Google, Google Workspace, Google Business, their fees just keep going up and up and up. Like every month it's like, oh, we're now at like I think my Google business work workspace is now almost $20 a month, like for email and a Google like it's getting ridiculous. And of course, you can't not have Google. But at the same time, if I try to raise my fees, people just lose their shit. But yet no one seems to have problems paying for all of these Zoom and all of this stuff. But yet if I say, oh, well, my costs are going up. So your costs are like they just they won't like clients won't accept it. And I'm just like, where does all this end? Because none of this is sustainable. 
Yeah. I, I've thought about this recently as well, because I think we're going to be adopting a sauna for social centric. I really like a sauna. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. But I also wondered at what point do, do we cover the cost? And the way that I figured that out was how many clients are going to be accessing this software. And then I would just bake it into their fees essentially. So, and then I just explained ahead of time, like, this is what your fees comprise of. And it actually wasn't too bad of a conversation, but agreed that like, I, you know, you look at your expenses and everything adds up. Like I probably, I probably spend 700 to a thousand dollars on subscriptions. Yeah. Every single month, probably about 700. Yeah. Um, but I generally, when I started social center, I, I preemptively baked things into people's fees. So that's kind of how I managed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is, you can do that to an extent, but um, the fee, the, our expenses are far outpacing the fees that we charge because um, we're, our fees go up or what we are charged for these platforms or whatever are going up faster than we can raise prices on clients. That is true. They really are. And like, can we just talk about the cost of living for a minute? I took a grocery store coming back from Quebec at the beginning of this week. And I feel like when I left for Quebec late last week, chicken was like one price. And then when I got back this week, early this week, it was like another price. I literally feel like in the span of five days, the chicken that I buy went up by $5. And I was like, what? Is this actually for real? Yeah, it's just there's so much. I mean, there's so much gouging right now. Uh, um, corporations are using inflation as, as a as a as a mechanism to uh, increase prices like four or five times past inflation um, because they can. So, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat meat, which is always a big chunk of people's grocery bills. But what I have found is I am buying way less. Um, fresh fruits and vegetables like they're just that's not a sustainable grocery item so a lot more like frozen um frozen berries for smoothies and frozen vegetables and frozen surfer because like buying buying a head of cauliflower is not worth the price when you can buy a a package of frozen cauliflower for like half the price and you get way more and it lasts so and what i'm doing because I'm just looking at recipes that are are lentils or pasta or rice based because um, lentils and rice and that are always affordable. So being able to buy a really cheap big bag of lentils that you can use for multiple different recipes, like I think we're like reverting back to a, a great grandma's trying to like make things in the bald headed prairie in Alberta in the night early 1900s of making something out of nothing. I think that's kind of where we have to exist. Because I think that, I agree, I don't think our regular way of grocery shopping is going to continue. I think we have to rethink what we're buying and and what what we're cooking. I just don't think like, and I know it sucks because like right now we're going into summer and it's like barbecues and steaks and what everybody always thinks of. And it's like, nobody's going to be buying steaks this summer unless you're celebrating something, someone's birthday or something but yeah i think just our our expectations of what we're going to be cooking and eating moving forward is going to change a lot totally different 
Absolutely. Well, and it's just, I mean, everything like, I mean, mortgage rates are going to go up. So if you're, if you're renegotiating your mortgage, like my mortgage is up in January of 2023. So that's on my mind. Like, um, my mortgage rate will go up or how that all works. And so, yeah, all those things and, um, everything's just, uh, more expensive and it's just getting, even with working from home and not having an office space, it's still the, my home costs are increasing, right? So property taxes are increasing and, um, electricity and gas and all that are increasing. So even the cost of actually having my business operations is increasing even outside of just the 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 service component of what I'm providing increasing. It's all just a big, just a big cluster. Speaking of big clusters, we wanted to talk to you guys today about the myth of having it all. And also why people are actually hating having it all, specifically women. I feel um, we I've been talking to a lot of friends recently about this very topic and what we prioritize, which is hilarious because we just finished talking about all the things that we have to think about and what we should be prioritizing right now. So Liz and I kind of wanted to banter a little bit about like what it means to be a woman and the fact that like we're kind of expected to do it all. We're expected to prioritize our careers. We're expected to prioritize our kids if we have them. Sometimes we're demonized for not having kids. Mm-hmm. We're not being married. We're expected to take care of a household, whether we're single or not. And I would actually argue that, you know, being a single woman, things are more expensive and more work. Sure, I don't have children, but I don't have anybody to help me around the house and I don't have anybody to help me with my bills. So everything kind of falls on me as it does Alyssa. So at what point are we juggling things too much? And at what point is it getting out of control? Um, And like, at what point can we just celebrate being who we want to be and not what society expects of us? It's interesting, right, Alyssa? It is. And I think this two years of COVID, I think has brought this conversation even more to the forefront than it was prior because we, obviously, we know that women by far took the brunt of COVID um, more so than men did, both in terms of career and family and all of that. It, it almost 100% fell to women uh, through COVID. And it's open. I mean, I'm glad it's opened up a lot of these conversations, but I do find it interesting. I mean, that whole, like we grew up in an era where it was all, I mean, we we grew up in an era with working moms and, and we were grew up in an era where all the um, advertising and all of that was all about the, the career woman and the, and all of that stuff. And, and now I think we've, it, we grew up believing that, that we had to do all these things. We had to get married and we had to have kids, but we also had to go to school and we had to uh, get a good career and all those things. And I think that's done all of us a disservice. So all of us who are Elder millennials, or um, whatever we call them now, zennials. Um, but it's not all of us a disservice because we grew up with these expectations, and I think most of us who have now either gone through marriages and divorces or careers and failures and all that really, at least for me, I sort of look at where I am now, and this is not at all where I thought I would be this point. And probably there's a lot of people thinking that like, is this really where I thought I'd 
or what I'd be doing. I mean, good and bad. I mean, obviously being an entrepreneur and running my own business is way better than I imagined myself having um, 20 years ago. But still, I think through this crisis and through this, this, this situation that we all found ourselves in the last two years uh, and women who have been in relationships and married and had kids realized very quickly that, oh, my husband actually isn't going to step up and help. This still all falls to me. The schooling still still all falls to me, even though we're both working from home. It's still, I'm in charge of this. I still, I think, I think it's been good for women to see that, you know, like, I mean, men who are awesome, um, like no disparaging men on this podcast, even though like they are the worst. Um, (laughs) uh, Women finally realize that like, yeah, no, it does all fall to us. Like we just have to acknowledge that and accept the fact that no matter how equal our marriage is or a relationship or whatever, it still falls to us. Parenting ultimately still falls on us. The management of a household still falls on us. Like no matter how great your husband is or even how you perceive him to be, um, it still all falls to women. And I think we are now entering the next phase of women now being like, no, this is not how I want things. You're seeing women now stepping up to be like, I want to like, I want a divorce. I've had to spend a hundred hours with you these last two years. And I realized that you aren't who I want you need you to be. And I'm hoping that like, you're seeing a lot of women now changing careers and stepping forward to be like, no, this isn't what I want. Uh, I want flexibility. I want better pay, all those sorts of things. And I'm hoping that this next phase is women now saying what they want and they're going to, and what they demand and not accepting anything less. Absolutely. I also think that some women, there's this myth out there that having it all is going to get us closer to the illusion of work-life balance because by having it all, then we don't have to worry about striving to get it all. And actually, um, like statistically speaking, some, some of the top C-suite executives across the world have said, female ones in particular, having it all has been the most utterly exhausting and unhappy kind of pathway that they've ever taken in the sense that they're no longer able to be present at home with their kids um, because their job demands too much of them. So I think like the big question is like, how can we find positions and roles in our jobs and our careers that gives us growth that doesn't put us over the edge to then allow us to actually enjoy life? And I think that's where people start to potentially look into entrepreneurship and owning their own businesses, but still running your own business, like you have a million hats. And so it does afford you some work-life integration and balance, but at the same time, it, it almost is more work. Um, so yeah, I think we have to kind of get over this myth that like we have to have it all and we have to be it all because we're responsible um, to the women that we're paying homage to that didn't get to have it all and we're only stuck at home raising families. Like I think we have to stop feeling bad for being women and for the fact that we do have to put ourselves first. Right. And I think there's, um, it's a very interesting time for women right now, um, just in the world. Like you look at what ha- what's happening in, in, in the States with 
um, taking away women's bodily autonomy and um, like women's rights are being um, turned back in, 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 in places as well. And, and I think maybe that falls to us a little bit in the fact that we have gotten complacent in the last um, 20 years of where we've existed and felt that we reached this place of perceived equality, um, perceived being the key word there. But I do think that the, the fight going forward is for our actual rights as humans, um, even more so than 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 fighting for like work rights. Like I, I think the conversation has clearly become a lot larger. And I think those of us that have lived in a very um, privileged place for the last 20 years on the, like, as you said, on the backs of women that came before us, now it's our, but now we have to stand up because I think we've, we've allowed a lot of things to happen around us. We've allowed the, we've allowed things to happen in the workplace um, because we were too afraid or too, um, too, too um, ingrained in that whole being a good girl narrative that we don't speak up. And so I think a lot of things in our work history, we've allowed that we shouldn't have. And now I think it's coming to bite us in the ass and we can't now expect the younger generation to now pick up this whole debacle and carry it. We now have to step up. And so I think there's all like this all comes back to the fact of this, this having it all idea. I think we were too consumed by that. Um, through our careers that we weren't paying attention to the societal issues that were going on around us and the, the income disparities and the issues between um, even like white women and, and women of color and, and the, the disparities of, 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 of that in a career space. But now I think we've sort of come a little bit, we've sort of diverted a little bit. And, and even with, when you were talking about women, sort of saying like, I don't, I don't need the big career. I don't need this. I want to be, I want to be a mom and I want to have kids and blah, blah, blah. But there's still this real stigma within women and towards women who choose not to get married or not to have kids. And I think we both experienced that. And somehow you hit your thirties or your mid thirties or whatever. And people suddenly are like, well, what is your deal? Like, why don't you have kids? Why like what like are you really a full woman if you don't have kids and that's women that's women saying that and so i think we also as a fulsome community of women need to do better with actually supporting women who make different decisions i absolutely agree and we are nowhere even near that level of consideration and support um, I know for myself, I think I've done a really good job of cultivating and surrounding myself with women and people who really support me. Like even the men in my life outside of the shitheads that I date most of the time, according <laughs> yeah. my language, um, like the men that are married to my friends or with my friends or partnered with my friends or just in my life in general are really well-rounded. Like feminists who you would never catch them saying 
why don't you have kids yet? Like my, my circle just doesn't have those conversations, to be honest. Um, and I feel really lucky to have those people, but I've also worked really hard to cultivate them and I wouldn't accept anything less. But yeah, I would, I would agree that it's, it's bullshit. Like that you're, yeah. Like in some circles, you may feel like you're not woman enough. Um, like even when I go to weddings now, sometimes I talk to women from a, from an older generation, the, 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 those exact women that we're supposed to honor, you know, and, um, I hear them say things like, Oh, like, don't you wish you were married and had kids? And like, it's just bullshit. Um, something else of significance that I think is really interesting to bring up is, uh, Cheryl Sandberg stepping down from Meta this past week. Right. Yeah. Yes. As a result of, huh, surprise, burnout and disconnection. Uh, now apparently though, she's being investigated. Yeah. I think there's more to the Cheryl Sandberg situation than whatever, but, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, look at any, even look at the difference between, um, when women, when the spouses of these men help them build companies, like look at Jeff Bezos and his ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott, and like Mackenzie helped him build Amazon. And then he goes and cheats and they get a divorce. And she is giving away all of her money. So the, the billions of dollars that she got in the divorce, she's giving it away. And that, that just shows to me the complete, the, the difference between men and women in those situations. And it's the same with Bill Gates and Melinda Gates, right? And she helped him build Microsoft and they're getting a divorce. And so she's doing the same thing and she's keeping the foundation because that matters to her. And it's like, can we just take a moment to, to, to talk about how badass these, these spouses of these supposed high-powered billionaire men are that when they actually are able to come into their own, they're like way better people than their spouses ever are. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, there's a little bit with that with Cheryl Sandberg. I think she, my view is, I think she took a bit of a motherly role with Mark Zuckerberg from the beginning. I mean, she sort of mentioned that in her exit, how it was time for Mark to have to like stand up or, I mean, she made some comment about that. So it's like, yeah, even in her, like being high powered Sheryl Sandberg, she was still a mom or mom figure to Mark Zuckerberg. Like that's it's just sort of like women in a nutshell. This is just us like in a workplace. It's like, we still have to take on this role, even though like Mark Zuckerberg is still making a bazillion dollars more than Sheryl Sandberg is. So weird. So weird. So like all that to say that I guess more of a rant than anything else today, just <laughs> things that are going on. But if you're feeling burnt out and disconnected, like it's time to look at what you're doing, no matter what it is and figure yeah. out what you can cut out. And, and I think first, this is the perfect time, no matter what your situation is, whether you're married with kids or you're single or you're, you're an entrepreneur or you're working for a corporation or whatever your situation is, now is the perfect time to reevaluate everything. Like the world is kind of in a reevaluation space right now. And you know now, after going through this very difficult thing, that you do, you can do anything. We've all survived, like in air quotes, COVID um, in our own way and realized that, like, holy shit, now I can, 
I legitimately can do anything. So my current situation doesn't have to be my current situation. And we're not talking like you have to like pitch it all and go live on an island somewhere. Although like we both would love to do that. Um, it can be as simple as, is evaluating your relationships. Like I think of the people that were in my network, like per personal network friends, like air quote friends, like not my close network of friends, but just acquaintance friends. Most of them have fallen off through COVID because um, they're not the people in your life that are are there to support you and go through go through something difficult with and that are there for you. And that's not a bad thing, but I think we all can look at the people in our lives and, and, and understand now the ones that are actually your people and keep those people and let the rest of the crap go. Absolutely. That is definitely something good that's come out of this. Yes. Well, guys, we look forward to seeing you next time. We've got a really exciting guest coming up and we hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 